Group experience is a, a new, new and, and refreshing, refreshing way, way for you, your friends, or your family to travel. Check the show notes to learn more. In the world of travel, things are constantly changing. There's always something to learn about the places we go. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Destinations Beyond Expectations, a podcast designed for students of travel. Hello, this is Stevie G, and you are listening to DBE, the podcast designed for students of travel. Make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button wherever you are listening, whether that be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any other platform. Go check out Destinations Beyond Expectations on Facebook and Instagram, and don't forget about dbetravel.com, which is the official website for the show. At dbetravel.com, you'll find the episode library, some fun blogs, a link to support the show on Patreon, and so much more. My guest today is Alexa Peregrim, who you'll remember if you listened to the special holiday episode I put out back on Christmas Day. Alexa is with the Lackawanna County Convention and Visitors Bureau, and she's joining me today to talk, of course, about Lackawanna County, which sits in northeast Pennsylvania and is home to the city of Scranton. This episode is broken down into two sections. In the first section, we highlight the role that Lackawanna County played in the American Industrial Revolution, and Alexa shares a two-day itinerary that's focused on the Industrial Revolution. This is a must-listen for students of travel. In the second half, you'll get to learn about the Lackawanna County Visitor's Guide, some of the best outdoor activities to experience, the delicious pizza trail, and maybe, just maybe, a little bit about The Office. I hope you enjoy today's show. Here is my interview with Alexa. Alexa, thank you so much for joining me again on uh, Destinations Beyond Expectations. How are you? Good, how are you? I'm doing well, I'm doing well, and I'm actually super excited for today's episode uh, because we are talking about Scranton and Lackawanna County. And what's interesting is, you know, like probably like many, many Americans, when I think of Scranton, the first thing I honestly think of is the office. Um, But I recently learned something really cool about Scranton. And that's the role that, you know, Scranton and Lackawanna County played in the American Industrial Revolution. Um, Can you tell me more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So we were one of the leading cities within the Industrial Revolution during that time period. Uh, We had thousands of immigrants flock to the Lackawanna Valley between 1880 and 1920 because of the coal mining industry, um, the lace industry, as well as the railroads. We did start with iron and steelworks is really where we got our start with the Industrial Revolution and then developing T-rails for the railroads, and then eventually the railroads came in, and then that was hauling coal across state lines. Uh, So it kind of all snowballed into the major part of our industrial revolution aspect, which was the coal mining industry. So do you still see, like, evidence of that today, like the the mining industry and things like that in the area? No, the mining industry is, is done now within our area. I believe that the only place that they actually do coal mining now is more in West Virginia. Um, but within our area, we have anthracite coal. So we have the largest deposit of anthracite coal in the country. So anthracite coal, also known as hard coal, 
has the fewest impurities of any type of coal. I'll let Alexa explain more. Which actually burns cleaner and hotter than bituminous coal, which is what you would find in West Virginia. Bet you didn't know you'd be learning about coal today. And that made it more popular. Um, It was also cheaper to mine um, in general. So it, it was actually easier to do and easier to use, which is why it became very popular within our region. So I would imagine, you know, at the height of what Scranton was going through in the uh, Industrial Revolution period um, here in the States, I would imagine that, I mean, you guys had probably a huge influx of people coming to the area and Scranton was probably, you know, one of the economic real booms of the country during that time period. Yes, it was. So we had the thousands of immigrants flock. They came from Wales, Germany, England, Italy, Ireland, um, and a lot of the Slavic regions. So we did have a very big melting pot of just different cultures and religions that came into the area. And really, a lot of the traditions have stuck. You'll find that different towns still kind of relate to that culture that was uh, more or less populated within the region during that time. So For example, I live in Jessup and Jessup is very Italian. So you'll still see some like little Italian shops. We still have a festival that the immigrants did bring over in 1911 called Santubaldo Day um, that we do still celebrate each year. Um, And then next door is Archbold and that's a little bit more Irish. So you do see the difference between the cultures within the towns. Awesome. And something really cool when I, you know, like when I travel, I love to learn about history and things like that. And you actually sent me over a two day itinerary where, you know, somebody could learn a lot more about the industrial revolution. Do you want to go through it with me? Yeah. So at this point of the show, what you're going to want to do is scroll down to the show notes where you'll find a link to this itinerary so you can follow along as we talk through it. So the itinerary that I did send you over was the Industrial Revolution itinerary, and we break it down by day. And really what I wanted to show was the flow of how the Industrial Revolution started within the area. Day one. So starting with the iron furnaces, we still do have the structures that are sitting in Scranton. They were the original iron furnaces. Um, They've lasted about 40, uh, actually, I think it was even more than that, 500,000 tons of iron. Um, so that was a lot of iron back in that day and it really became very successful and popular and then helped producing the railroads as well. Um, then we go over to the coal mine tour, which of course is always very popular. It was a mine that was opened in 1860 and you can go down into the mine. It's 300 feet under the earth and you just tour with one of the miners there and they tell you the story between the young boys that were breaker boys at eight years old to working up to becoming a miner and working in very hard and difficult and dark conditions. And they tell you the story and the history of it. And are you actually with a guide during this, this like portion? You are. So they'll explain a lot of the machinery. They'll explain a lot about the gases. I'm sure many people have heard of a canary being used to detect um, different gases in the area um, down in the mines and in some of the veins. And then they also explain just the different positions that people held within the mines because they weren't all miners. Some of them were laborers. Some of them were mule car- mule carriers or mule carers. Um, so they really kind of dive into the different positions and what was a daily life for a miner in, in the actual mines itself. Very cool. And then, yeah. And then we go over to the Anthracite Heritage Museum. It's actually on the same property as the coal mine, which is 
makes it very convenient. And that really discusses the immigration and what it was like for people outside of the mines. So they do go a little bit into the mine history, but they also discuss the different cultures that came into play, what a typical household was like, um, especially considering the houses were owned by the coal mining industry um, or by the coal mining companies. And then it kind of dives into what cultures and what festivals and what traditions they brought to the area and how they have developed to this day. Perfect. So that looks like a pretty solid day one of learning a lot about the mining and, and history. Um, do you want to jump to day number two? Yeah. Day two. Um, so the Steamtown National Historic Site. So that is our national park within Scranton. It is a massive park. There's about three museums within the park itself that you can venture into. I typically recommend about four hours, three to four hours to spend at this park. And it has everything to do with trains for the most part. There's a couple of uh, mining information pieces in there, of course, but for the most part, it's all about trains and what they brought to the area and how they helped us expand the coal mining industry by delivering that coal across state lines into New York. And that really helped with um, this industry here in this area. Very neat. That's that's really cool. Yes. And honestly, even if you don't like trains, I always tell people this, even if you don't like trains, there's still something there that will catch your attention. Um, so I'm not, you know, I, I don't know the, the ins and outs of a train <laughs> for the most part or, you know, the different details of it. But it is really interesting for my, my favorite part is going into the history museum um, because you do get to see the business cars. You get to see what type of passengers were on there. They talk a little bit more about Phoebe Snow. She was very popular. She was a marketing um, ad, basically. She was a fictional character, and they created her with a white dress on to show that anthracite coal and the steam engines of the train were still clean. So you could wear a white dress, stand by the tracks, and you're not going to get dirty. Um, so that was something that was a big ad for the coal mining companies and the steam railroads. Okay, so a little more about Phoebe Snow. She was a fictional character created by a guy named Ernest Elmo Calkins. Ernest created Phoebe Snow, like Alexa mentioned, to promote the Delaware, Lackawanna, and Western Railroad, which connected Buffalo, New York, and Hoboken, New Jersey, a distance of roughly 400 miles. Phoebe could be described as a young New York socialite, and she soon became one of the most recognized advertising mascots in the United States. Pretty cool. Yeah, and it, it, to me, it definitely sounds like whether you're like a train buff, like you just love trains, or you're just like a regular person that, you know, kind of likes trains or doesn't really pay much attention. Either or, you can really enjoy, you know, the museum. You can. And there's also the archaeological site, too, because they did do some archaeological digging there to find the original uh, tracks where they would have gone into the roundhouse, where the, the trains and engines would have gone into the roundhouse. So there is actually some archaeological. Um, there's a section there for just that with different there's glasses and bottles and shoes and even some bones from animals. <laughs> so it's pretty interesting to see. Nice. So I know we all know that, you know, Dwight and Michael rapped about the Electric City, but there's also the Electric City Trolley Museum. Tell me a little bit about that. So we had the first successful electric trolley system in the United States. There were five other states that were trying to develop it. 
and they were not successful. They would wear out very quickly. Uh, the, it was very um, unreliable, I guess you can say. And within Scranton, the creators of the trolley system, they visited all five different states that were trying to develop it, and they ended up creating the most successful one. And then that took off and really helped with inner city traveling. And then eventually it went into Scranton and then they were able to travel up to Montage Mountain and then they were able to travel to music and different parts of New York and things like that. Um, so, of course, we were named the Electric City because of that nice little fun fact there. And you guys yes. actually you guys have the museum that people can actually visit. You Yes, we do. So we do have the museum. We do also have excursions. They go up to Montage Mountain. They end at the um, restoration shop. So you can see some of the trolleys getting worked on. And it's either a 1926 or a 1932 trolley that you'll be riding. And they'll take you up to part of the original Laurel line that was there, but then eventually it curves into the newer tracks that they have laid out. Um, and then along the way, the guide does show you some historic sites. Um, you kind of get that city to country life and see those sites um, between the city with the Radisson in the backdrop, Roaring Brook running through the iron furnaces, and then all of a sudden you get into the country and it's just woods surrounding you. So it's pretty neat to see that. And then once you get up to Montage Mountain, you get to see the restoration shop and they talk a little bit about the projects that they're working on. Um, and then on Sundays for day games, um, they do take you up to PNC Field for a baseball game, which is a lot of fun. And remind me the name of your baseball team. The Rail Riders. The Rail Riders. The AAA affiliate team. Which is a perfect, perfect name. And um, yes. I wanted to ask, you know, what's a what's a trolley ride like? Is it kind of slow? Is it quick? Is it bumpy, smooth? They can actually, I believe they can actually get up to about 60, 65 miles an hour. Whoa. The old trolleys. Now, they don't push them that far, obviously. <laughs> um, but we typically do about 35 to 40 miles an hour on the trolley itself. But it's actually pretty relaxing. There's windows all around. Um, and the nice part is, too, is that even on a cold day, they do have heat because it is electric. So they are able to heat the inside. And during the summer, you just let down the windows and let the nice cool breeze come in. Um, so it's actually really relaxing to be able to sit there and enjoy the ride going up. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Now, unless you wanted to add anything else about, you know, the trolley experience, one more thing um, on your itinerary is the Lackawanna Historical Society walking tours. Um, tell me a little bit about those. So the Historical Society is actually in the old Catlin house. Uh, George Catlin owned the house back in the early 1900s. And it is on the University of Scranton property. So they actually have a museum there, but you can also go in and do research. I'm currently researching some of my family. So they gave me some resources to look at. I was able to find the old houses, um, all those things. So they have all those details there. But they do have the museum upstairs as well. And they will give you a tour of the house, but they will also take you into the different districts of Scranton and Lackawanna County. So they'll take you to the Gothic district, which has Lackawanna College and has uh, the Scranton Cultural Center, the Masonic Temple. Um, and they'll give you a little bit more of an architectural tour. And then they can take you down to Courthouse Square, where they'll show you around the courthouse and they'll give you the history on the courthouse itself that was built over a bog, a cranberry bog. Hmm. I did not know cranberries were grown in bogs. And then they'll tell you about the statues and what they mean 
um, and the meaning behind them and what those folks did for the area. Um, and then just the different buildings surrounding it. So they really dive into the different areas and the different sections of Scranton. It sounds like between the walking tours, uh, the trolley experience, the train sites, and all the different museums and things, you can really get a, a much better understanding of you know the history of the American Industrial Revolution in Lackawanna County. You really can. And then something that is not on that itinerary that I want to touch base on because of the industry that was here and the amount of people that flocked to the area, especially the wealthy, because they were railroad barons and coal barons, that um, we do have a historic hill section, which is all those wealthy homeowners' houses up there. Um, so some of them do, every other year, they allow you to tour them. And you can go inside of the houses and see what they looked like. And many of them have stayed the same outside of decor, have stayed the same um, from when they were originally built. But also, too, because of that, we had a huge entertainment industry, a lot of vaudeville theaters within the city. And also one very famous resident was Harry Houdini, which most people don't realize that he actually lived in Scranton for a couple of years. Wow. Uh, Yeah. So we do have the Harry Houdini Museum. um, And it is with Dorothy, Dorothy Dietrich and John Bravo. And they run the museum itself. And it's really neat because it's actually kind of set up as like a Cabernet style theater in the front. And then in the back is all of his, um, not all of his, but a, good portion of his uh, personal memorabilia and a lot of his uh, tricks and stunts that he used, the props that he used within his tricks. Um, And he did performances at the Ritz Theater that is currently standing on Wyoming Avenue. And they do some performances as well there today. That's cool. That's really cool. And I, I had no idea Houdini had a connection to Scranton. So that's really neat to learn. I can't wait to get to the second half of the episode, but I need to take a second to tell you about Kaleidoscope Adventures. If you're looking to take a school group on a trip, whether that be a school choir, a senior class, a language club, a band, or any other student group, then Kaleidoscope Adventures should be your first stop. They have experience planning student group trips and can take the burdens of planning a trip off of your shoulders. Make sure to visit mykatrip.com where you'll discover how Kaleidoscope Adventures can make planning a student group trip easy. Again, that's mykatrip.com. The Lackawanna County Convention and Visitors Bureau has a really wonderful website, and one of the great resources you'll find there is the Visitor's Guide. So we every year we do produce a new Visitor's Guide. It's our annual Visitor's Guide, so the 2021 is currently up. Um, obviously, there's a few notes in there about COVID, you know, still plaguing our, our country and all of our attractions and restaurants and things like that. But hopefully this year we will get back to normal and we can enjoy some of the activities in here. Uh, But it does give you a monthly breakdown of things that do happen annually. Um, There's no dates, so we just check. We just want you to make sure that you're checking to make sure dates haven't changed. Go on their websites. All that information is in there. But then it also gives you some more details about our seasons, the activities, the outdoor attractions, the major attractions that we have, dining, hotels, everything that you could think of is currently in this book. And it's really a great resource for anybody traveling into the area. And, uh, you know, the pictures... That's one of our our big things is making sure that we have amazing pictures in here. None of them are stock photos. They are all photos of Lackawanna County 
people enjoying things within the county and actual photos of the attractions. And how easy is it for someone to actually go and, and get one of these visitors guides? Very easy. They can go onto the website, visit nepa.org. One more time, that's visit nepa.org. And they can just go under um, things to do or the media. There's a link right there. They can also just scroll all the way down to the bottom. And then they just fill out a form. We can either send them one or they can download the digital version. Very cool. Um, I know on your website, along with the visitor's guide, there's also, you know, like those tabs you were mentioning, the things to do, hotels, food and drink. Um, You wanted to touch on some of the fun things that you can find on the website for visitors to do uh, in Lackawanna County. So tell me a little bit about those. So we talked a lot about the historical attractions that we have between Seamtown National Historic Site, the Trolley Museum, the Coal Mine Tour, Anthracite Museum. But we do have some new modern attractions that are taking place that are just fun. Um, between PNC Field with the Rail Riders, um, we do have Montage Mountain Resorts, which is our ski and water park facility. Um, so during the winter time, you can go skiing, snowboarding, uh, and snow tubing, and they do a lot of festivals and fun events. And then in the summertime, it's a water park with a whole bunch of slides, the lazy river. Um, they have the tornado, they have a zip rider. So it's a lot of fun in the summer and they do tons of festivals. And they also have a full-blown restaurant as well in the lodge. Um, we do also have a ton of outdoor attractions. Which is so important uh, because, I mean, we, we've seen the studies that, you know, COVID really doesn't, uh, you know, go from person to person uh, in an open air environment. So tell me more about those. So with the outdoor attractions, the best thing that we can tell you is that we go from the city of downtown Scranton, and then 10 minutes later, you could be out in the country surrounded by woods. Um, so that was kind of our big motto is the city to country within Lackawanna County. And you can go kayaking on the river or on the lakes. You can go fishing, hunting, camping, hiking, snowshoeing. You can do it all within the county. And then, you know, later on that night, you can have a five-star dinner and go to a Broadway show. So it's really a neat aspect and something that we really cherish within the county to be able to do everything here within just a few minutes driving distance. Um, So we do have the river. The Lackawanna River does run through the entire county, including the city of Scranton. And it was just named River of the Year in 2020. So we're really proud of that. The fishing is great. It's trophy trout. Um, And then also, too, I know that we love to just grab some inner tubes and just kind of float down the river in the summer. Uh, So it's a lot of fun to go do that and kind of meet some fishermen along the way who may not be too happy that we're there, but (laughs) scaring the fish. But, you know, (laughs) everybody shares it. You get out, you get to see everything um, and you just kind of hop along between the different towns on the river. Yeah. And again, for listeners out there, if you go to visit NEPA.org. Um, in the outdoor section, this is all highlighted really well, and it's really, you know, laid out very easy to read and, and take in. So def- uh, definitely go ahead and visit that. Um, something else that you had mentioned uh, was the pizza trail. Uh, what's yeah. what's that? So we just created that. We have over 160 mom and pop owned pizzerias within Lackawanna County, which is crazy when you think about it. Um, so we decided to create a trail and we wanted to make sure that the locals did get involved to vote on their favorite pizza places within each section of Lackawanna County, because we knew that if we picked ourselves in the office, we knew that we would get a 
quite a bit of feedback <laughs> from the locals saying, no, 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 we got to pick this place. We got to pick this place. So in order to make it fair, we made sure that we opened up a voting system for the local residents to be able to pick their favorite places within each section of the county. Let the people decide. I love it. And from there, uh, we did get 63 locally owned pizza places going throughout the county on the pizza trail map. That's really cool. What is? Do you have a personal favorite on there? If you if you want to give a little shout out, or are they all pretty good? <laughs> they all have their own unique flavor and style. The one thing I will say is that I have not been to them all. I know I'm, I grew up. I was born and bred here, but uh, I have yet to be to every single one of them. The 160 some is quite a few places to get to. So um, I'm making my way through the 63 currently on the map just so that we can meet the owners face to face and also so I can do a taste test, you know, make sure I taste everything. <laughs> of course, you got to know. Uh, I mean, you're representing yeah. the, the, the county. You got to know. Exactly. In order to sell the pizza trail, I got to make sure I try every single one of them so I can get feedback on it. Um, this project has been definitely a labor of love and it's been very, it tastes really good too. But all the pizza shops, the majority of them are family owned and they've been in operation 30, 40, 50 years. So it's really interesting to see the family recipes being passed down, the traditions between celebrities visiting local, you know, local shops um, over the years and the just the appreciation that the locals have for it. So it's, it's a neat little thing. And I know that the owners are really proud of it and uh, they're really excited to see where this goes. That's really cool. And it's it's nice to hear that you guys are, um, you know, you put together this trail that includes so many small businesses and family-owned businesses. So that's really great to hear as well. Um, is there anything yeah. else on the website that you wanted to talk about or anything new you guys have going on? We do have the self-guided walking tour for the office. So there is a map within the visitor's guide, but there's also the map on the website as well. Uh, the uh, digital version is a little bit more interactive, obviously, than the visitor's guide one, but it does show the episodes of where each location was either filmed or mentioned on the show. Uh, on top of it, too, there's also um, Pen Paper Supply Company, which is our version of Dunder Mifflin. And also, a lot of the actors still come into the area. We still get them coming in for different festivals and events. Brian Baumgartner was just here recently doing a podcast of his own. Um, he's such an awesome guy. I was able to meet with him and, and be interviewed by him for the podcast. And he's really a, a, just a humble guy who really just loves Scranton and really loves the fans. And he went to a couple of the bars afterwards, like they did with the reunion tour. And they talked a lot about, um, he was able to serve some drinks and he was talking with a lot of the fans and just talking about the, the area itself and just what's going on here. Did the, do you know, did the actors ever actually do any filming in Scranton or was it all done, you know, in Hollywood? So John Krasinski did the opening credits. I don't know if too many people know that, but he actually came to Scranton when he knew that the show was being filmed here. And he was, I, I guess, hanging out of the car, just <laughs> filming it as he was driving through. Um, so he actually, I believe, filmed the opening credits, if I, if I had read correctly. But they did film a couple of scenes here. Uh, not too many. Most of it was out in L.A. And it's funny when we do see palm trees in the background and we don't have palm trees in Scranton. <laughs> but, <laughs> cool. That sounds but, like some, yeah, that sounds like something really neat that someone can do that walking tour. 
It is. Um, a lot of the different places, people don't realize they're actually in existence. So Poor Richard's Pub is a real place. Um, Alfredo's Pizza. There's real pizza and their pizza's awesome. I wonder if it's on the pizza trail. I guess you'll have to go online to find out. Um, you know, so there are a couple of places here that they can go to. Cooper's, I know, is another really popular one. Um, and you can go in and you can see this, the different life-size um paper cutouts that they have of them or cardboard cutouts or whatever they are. And they also have a gift shop at Cooper's too. And they do have Dundee awards and a lot of prints and posters and stuff like that for the show. Alexa, thank you so much for coming on to, to chat with me about uh, the industrial revolution and how it relates to Scranton and Lackawanna County talking about the visitor's guide and some of the outdoor attractions and pizza trail. Uh, I really enjoyed learning so much about your area. So I appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. And I always love talking about Lackawanna County and even the history part of it. It's it's always interesting to be able to give some little anecdotes of, of the area and the cultures that are here. A big DBE thank you to Alexa for taking the time to chat about Scranton and Lackawanna County. I really enjoyed learning about the history of the area. And when I visit, I'll definitely be checking out some of the museums and sites on that two-day Industrial Revolution tour that, remember, will be included in the show notes. For more information on things to do in Scranton and Lackawanna County, be sure to go to visitnepa.org. Don't forget that if you know a student group that's looking to travel in 2021, 2022, or beyond, tell them about Kaleidoscope Adventures. Visit mykatrip.com to learn more. If you guys have a quick second, I would love if you could follow Destinations Beyond Expectations on social media. DBE is on Facebook and Instagram. And please hit that subscribe or follow button on Spotify or wherever you are listening. Oh, And if you can, rating and reviewing on Apple Podcasts is so incredibly helpful to growing this show. Well, that is all I've got for this week. Thanks for listening to this episode. Thanks for telling a friend about DBE. Have a great rest of your week, and I will talk to you soon. Destinations Beyond Expectations is brought to you by Kaleidoscope Adventures. If you need help planning your next student group trip, Kaleidoscope Adventures is the name you need to know. Visit them at www.mykatrip.com or give them a call at 800-774-7337 when you're ready to plan your next school trip. Again, that's www.mykatrip.com or call them at 800-774-7337.